the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I'm glad that you are here and I trust that our time is going to challenge you and provoke you onto greater success and excellence in life. Let's pray. Spirit of God, we thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you that the entrance of your word is bringing light into our darkness and you are moving us from glory to glory even as we receive the impartation of your word through your spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen and amen. Go ahead, share the link, and let others be blessed by the ministry of God's Word. We want to continue our series, which we've been on for some time now. Our text is Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more onto a perfect day. Your path will shine. In this month of May, your path will shine. And all through this quarter, your path will continue to shine. You will continue to make progress. You will continue to succeed. You will continue to excel in every area of life in Jesus' precious name. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He said, We all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we are looking at the series, A Better Me. And that is to underscore the fact that you want to be better. God wants you to be better. Your world needs you to be better. Your family needs you to be better. Everybody is happy when you are better. And I know that the number one person who will be most happy when it's you yourself, when you see that your dreams are becoming realities, you are becoming a better person in character, a better person in kindness, a better person in competence, a better person in every area of your life. You will be very, very happy with yourself. And that's what God also wants for you. God wants you to be better. How can we be better? We began by establishing the fact that you need to capture a vision to be better. And then you need to form better habits. And we've been on better habits for quite some time now. We looked at spiritual habits. And for the past weeks, recent weeks, we've been looking at 12 habits for a healthy soul and body. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. He said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. So these three areas of our lives must be better for us to be declared as better or fit. When we are fit in our soul, fit in our body, fit in our spirit, then we are super fit for the assignment. And we've been looking at how we can keep our soul and body intact. 
once the spirit has been sorted out and the spiritual habit, our focus has been on our soul and our body. How can your soul be healthy? How can you keep your mind sane? How can you make sure that emotionally you are stable? How can you make sure that your body is healthy and is able to carry you and is able to carry out the assignment God has for you? Those are the habits we've been exploring for some time now. And I establish the fact that these habits, when you are able to discipline yourself to cultivate them, they should help you to become more productive. They should help you to become more healthy. They should help you to become emotionally strong and stable so you can fulfill, live a fulfilling and a meaningful life. So we looked at 12 habits. We looked at... Uh, Number one, we said we have to start by learning. The first habit we touched on is the habit of learning. That's where we started from, the habit of learning. Then we talked about the habit of thinking, which in scriptural terms have to do with meditation. And then we looked at the habit of positive speaking. We touched on the habit of taking prompt action. Taking prompt action. That's what I spent time talking to you about last week. Taking prompt action. The need for us to do whatever we are doing or whatever we are intending to do quickly. Sometimes we take some good actions or we take them at a time that is too late. And you need to be in time. Take the right action. Take it in the right time. And then you see that success is meeting you every step of the way. And then, of course, we talked about the habit of keeping the right company. You are not different from the company you keep. You should always be mindful of that. Of course, we talked about number six, the habit of excellence. You need to pursue excellence. Make excellence your number one pursuit this year. In everything you do, pursue excellence in your spiritual life. Pursue excellence in your service to God. Pursue excellence in your relationship with others. Pursue excellence in every area of your life. And then you can be sure that you are on track. And then, of course, we talked about the habit of learning to listen. If you are going to excel in your relationship, if you are going to have meaningful relationship, build friendship, or make sure that your marriage goes to a new dimension, you need to learn to listen. Too many of us are prone to speaking before hearing the other party we are engaged in a conversation with them. The Bible says, he who answers a matter, Proverbs 18, 13, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. It's important we all learn to listen. It's one virtue that, one habit that we all, I personally need to grow more in it because the more you listen to others, the more you are able to sense their heart, the more you are able to understand them, and the better you are able to understand them, the better you are able to relate with them. Okay, we're going to continue uh, by looking at habit number eight, and that is the habit of letting go anger and offense or resentment quickly. The habit of letting go anger resentment quickly of course they all come together anger bottled up when you you keep harboring and keeping anger it leads to resentment and then by the time you realize you have become a bitter person and then you fall out of the grace of god blah 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 so we need to deal with anger do you get angry all of us do it's, it's abnormal not to be angry 
In fact, if you're a normal person, you must be angry about something because that we live in a world of injustice. We live in a world of all kinds of things. So there are things that you should see to make you angry. There are things that will make you angry. Sometimes people make you angry. Sometimes certain attitudes make you angry. And it's not everything that you should get angry about. The Bible said we should be slow to wrath. That's what James tells us. Everyone should be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. There are things we need to be patient at getting into or be slow at, be slow to speak, be slow to get angry. But not that notwithstanding, get angry. That's what it simply means. You should not get angry at any short thing. <laughs> you should not blow a short fuse. That's what Proverbs talks about. A person who is, is quick-tempered is somebody who blows a short fuse. But you will get angry at some point in time or the other. The difference is that some people, they are causing emotional damage to themselves because they hold on to anger and resentment for too long. It's not about whether or not you are angry. It's about what you are angry about and how long you hold on to anger. These two things are very important. What you are angry about and how long you hold on to anger. If you want to stay healthy, if you want to build meaningful relationships, you must be somebody who lets go of anger easily. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 26 to 27 he says and don't sin by letting anger control you you know when you hold on to anger for a longer time longer than is expected you are most likely to allow anger to control your emotions control your thinking control and by the time you realize the way you are feeling everything is being shaped and your actions will be controlled and ruled by anger and that way you can live a meaningful life so the bible said when you get angry don't let it control you and the only way you will not allow anger to control you is to make sure that within a certain time frame, you let go of anger, you let go of resentment. What's the time frame? Uh, according to Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27, he said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So sun up, sun down. By the time you are angry for more than 24 hours, you have gone too far. You've gone too far. You, you, you are better off if you can get angry in, in, in 30 minutes time, it's gone. In 15 minutes time, it's gone. In uh, uh, one hour time, it's gone. In, in three hours time, it's gone. Uh, when it is 12 hours, that is quite a long time. But if it goes beyond 12 hours, then you are almost behaving like one who is not a child of God because our limit maximum, according to Paul by the Spirit, he said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And he tells you something that is very, very dangerous. He said, when you allow anger to hold you down from sun up to sundown, what is going to happen is that you are giving place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place. One way Satan gets access into our lives is unresolved anger, unresolved offense, unresolved resentment. When you harbor resentment and anger, Satan has a way of taking advantage of you. And the Bible says we should not be ignorant of his devices. Don't. Satan is not strong. He's smart. And if you know, you learn from God's word and you apply yourself to God's word, you always outsmart the devil. That's all. Satan is not a strong guy. Jesus, the Bible says, he robbed him of his power. He derobed him of every power he had. In the book of Colossians, he said, having small principalities and powers, 
he made an open show of them triumphing over them in it so satan has been has been rendered powerless that's what the bible says he's like a roaring lion he roars like a lion but he's not a lion he doesn't have the powers of a lion and so when you know how to deal with him you you always keep him where he belongs and that is under your feet and one way we keep satan under our feet is to take charge of our lives take charge of our emotions and to refuse to allow anger resentment and bitterness to rule our lives this year form a habit of letting go easily get angry if you must but learn to let it go quickly don't make lifetime decisions or moments of anger very very deadly so keep that and then number nine is the habit of physical exercises physical exercises it, it this is very very important if you must stay healthy and stay fit for your assignment you need to be physically fit you need to be spiritually fit you need to be solely fit, and you need to be physically fit this is what uh, scripture says first timothy 4 8 he said bodily exercise profited little bodily exercise offers some little benefit the, the new international version niv says for physical training is of some value so there's value in physical training it keeps you fit based on the nature of job you do some of you you sit all day that's all you do you go to the shop you sit all day you go to your office you sit all day you need to stay physically fit and so what you you need to have a schedule have a plan where you have intermittent walks uh, i mean when we had our recent games <laughs> some people couldn't do certain things much and it's all indicative of our physical fitness you need to be physically fit you see your spirit is great your spirit is his power is limitless but your body needs to be kept in perfect health if it can carry out the assignment that your spirit needs to carry out so have a schedule whatever fits suits your schedule do it if you have to register with the gym and make sure that you will stay true to it do it if you can plan by yourself and take walks weekly or daily do so do something to keep you physically healthy if you want to take a particular sport maybe golfing tennis whatever but by all means do something that will keep you physically healthy i exercise as much as possible almost every day and it helps me it affects my mental health it affects my physical health it affects my emotional health and so i love doing it and i recommend the same for you uh, uh, physically it will help you you need it if you are going to fulfill your assignment live long and not die before your time you need to be physically fit and that is why you need to form a habit of physical exercise there are gyms all around if you can't discipline yourself to do it by yourself sign up pay and where you pay the money you are paid will serve as a motivation because you are paid you may be motivated to want to go and do so the lord bless you as you make a quality decision to exercise and stay fit physically in jesus precious name so we are talking about habit for sound health physically of course and then of course number 10 is the habit of rest and i know that this area we all are having a difficulty we need to rest look at exodus chapter 20 verse 8 to 11. remember the sabbath day remember the sabbath day to keep it holy remember the sabbath day to keep it holy remember the sabbath and keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work six days 
but the seventh is the sabbath of the lord your god in it you shall do no work you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates can you imagine god is a good god he's actually thinking about rest for animals he's thinking about rest for your cattle rest for your children rest everybody needs some rest you see if animals god in his wisdom thought that animals needed rest how much more we human beings for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and that all that there is in all that is in it in them and rested the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it the new living translation says for in six days the lord made the heavens the earth the sea and everything in it but on the seventh day he rested that is why god blessed the sabbath day and set it apart as holy can you imagine that the word sabbatical as you you know from those in academia he's gone on sabbatical leave he's gone on on. it's actually a scriptural term it came from the bible it comes from the word sabbath the day god set aside that we should rest is important have a day where your mind is allowed to rest where your body is allowed to rest it is so 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 important if you work and work and work and work and work and you don't make time to rest you will end up being less productive it is no known and scientifically proven that people who take intermittent leaves or they take their annual leave to rest they end up doing better jobs than those who work all year and no leave all year and no break that is not how god functioned as to god designed us to function there are some of you you work every year even your leave time you use it to go and work somewhere doctors you go and use it to do locum your leave time that is supposed to be a rest time a time of bonding with your family you will still use it to go and make money if you do that you will not live a fulfilling life that's not how god designed you to function and flourish if you must flourish take time off to rest you must understand that god believes in rest that's why he took it it's not that god worked and he was tired i mean god i'm the god of all flesh there's nothing too hard for me he's not limited in power he's not limited in strength he did it to serve as an example for us that after working so hard we should pause and rest very very critical in the book of mark chapter 6 verse 31 he said to them come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat can you imagine jesus had a tight ministry schedule he was running if you read the book of mark he's moving from one place to another one place is the mark is a book of a gospel of action jesus emotion everywhere and it is in mark he tells his people come to a deserted place and then have some rest because they, they've been so engaged they had nothing no time to do anything are you the type who is so engaged all through the year that you don't have time to do anything we say we have games day you can't make the time to come we are doing something you you are simply occupied super occupied monday through friday listen that is a negative way to go you'll get the money like they say in three it's not it's not it's not healthy sometimes you don't necessarily go to the hospital to get this some people literally need to be admitted to the hospital they have to work out and fall sick before they can rest because they don't know what it means to take some time off to rest i challenge you understand renew your mind repent about what you know about rest because a lot of people think that when you are resting you are wasting time you are wasting time but that is what you need repentance from rest time is not a wasted time rest time is time that is well invested resting is renewing resting is refreshing resting is rejuvenation resting is healthy 
Resting is holy. Resting is an expression of trust and faith. Resting is an admission of your humanity. You don't have infinite energy. You have finite energy. And that energy needs to be utilized wisely. The Bible says we should redeem the time. We should also redeem our energy. Because you don't have limited energy. Unlimited energy. You have limited energy. And if you keep on pushing, 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 your vehicle will soon... It's like a vehicle. If you are driving a vehicle and you keep on enjoying the vehicle, you never have time to take it to the shop for routine maintenance. One day the vehicle will break down beyond repairs. And I pray that your life will not come to that kind of a halt in Jesus' precious name. When you rest, you are admitting that you are human and you need to take a break. When you rest, you are demonstrating that you have faith in God, that you can do everything. But still, God will take care of the rest. Most people think that they must do everything they need to do. No, you can't do everything. Trust God and take a break and rest, of course. Number 11 is the habit of gratitude. Saying thank you and saying it too much is a blessing. The Bible said it's a good thing to give thanks. Psalm 92, learn to be grateful. Learn to be grateful. Grateful to God, grateful to people, grateful to everyone around you. Never take anything for granted. If somebody fetches a cup of water for you, say thank you. Somebody opens a door for you, say thank you. Whatever anybody does for you, say thank you. Never take thanksgiving for granted. The Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing. And the Bible says in everything, give thanks. So in every occasion, learn to always say thank you. Say it and mean it from your heart. And sometimes you can even go a step further and say say it uh, by uh, adding ink to your thank you. When somebody does something very, uh, very great for you or very valuable to you, you can, I mean, when I was a child, sometimes when somebody did something for you, you say thank you today. Early in the morning, you place a call and say thank you again. And sometimes if what the person did is highly valuable, you can actually hire a contract or ask for some elders to accompany you to go and say thank you. That is how impactful Thanksgiving is. Just think about yourself. Anytime somebody expresses gratitude to you, immediately you are, you are kindly disposed towards the people. You want to find out what else you can do to advance their cause, what else you can do to be a blessing to them. That is the power of thanksgiving. Don't take people for granted. God will use people to bless you. God will use people to help you. And you must learn to be grateful at all times. Being grateful is good for your heart. It's good for your relationship. If you turn around you and if you need help and no is willing to offer it it's probably because you are ungrateful and this year make it an essential habit that you are going to be grateful i'm going to pause here because number 12 is something i want to treat by itself separately and that is the habit of managing your funds well the habit of managing your funds well you can work in health in in your soul and in your body without talking about money money and how you deal with it will affect your emotional health, will affect your mental health, will affect your physical health, will affect your relational health. Everything around you would be impacted negatively if your attitude towards money is not corrected. Your spiritual health will be affected if your view of money is wrong. If you view money as the most important thing, it will affect your spiritual health. If you view money as the most important thing, it will affect your, your social capital, which is your character. You will do anything for money. 
And by so doing, you'll be trading one valuable part of your life. And that is your character. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Many people have traded a good name for money. Because they want to make money, they will do just anything. You are not wired to function like that. And that's why I will spend some time and hopefully at our next episode, we'll be discussing money. How you need to, the right approach. Maybe I may do one or two aspects of that and then we can bring a closure on this form better habit and look forward to something else uh, i trust that this time has been a time of impartation a time of learning a time of instruction for you and i pray that grace will rest upon you as you apply yourself to the things you are learning and as you consciously put them to work in your life the lord bless you and thank you so much for joining us today i look forward to having you join me same time next week as we come your way with another exciting episode of a cell today god richly bless you if you want to accept jesus and make him your lord and savior you want to say this prayer after me mean every word and then believe it in your heart say lord jesus i confess that you are my lord and my savior i believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me by my belief i am justified and by my confession i am saved thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarters church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.